you got to do what you got to give the people what they want. That's the question you should be asking yourself all the time is what content should I make? Who should I make it for and why? And then be very honest with yourself about whether you did a good job of it or not. And I believe more than anything else, views are the way to judge that. If you're getting views on YouTube, you are winning. If you're not getting views on YouTube, then I think you got a little bit of work to do. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. My name is Matt Pierce, host of Visual Lounge. Today, you know, we talk a lot about creating videos and using videos. We've talked to a lot of creators lately, but today we're going to bring the world of corporate and video and particularly YouTube together and talk about how perhaps you can do better with that, what you could do with it, why, if you're a business, you should be thinking about YouTube and so much more. So we got a great guest today. Let's go ahead and introduce uh, Finn McKinty today. So... Joining us today is Finn McKenty, a seasoned expert in leveraging video images and words to build audiences and boost revenue. As a content creator, our guest has achieved remarkable milestones, including 100 million views on YouTube, a substantial following of over 650,000 subscribers, 100,000 subscribers on Instagram, and over 10,000 on LinkedIn. So he's got lots of expertise, a lot of people listening to him. He's also done a lot of great things for brands like Abercrombie and Fitch. Swiffer, Febreze, Red Bull, Element, Nike, and so many others, including Creative Live and URM Academy. So with that said, please help me welcome Finn McKenty to the Visual Lounge. Hey, Finn. Good morning. I'm officially welcoming welcoming Finn McKenty to the Visual Lounge. Perfect. Be, my, my goal is to be like one of those uh, athletes at the press conference that talks about myself in a third person, you know. Uh, you know, myself really learned a lot of things today out of the field today and you know, myself's got a lot of work, lot to work on, but myself is confident that myself can come back and be the best version of myself that myself has seen this season. Absolutely. I, I, I love it. So uh, this is going to be the most fun episode ever, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> so, so Finn, you've done a lot in, in, in with video and stuff. The place where we always like to start, we ask almost all of our guests a, a very simple question at the beginning is, uh, you know, if you're thinking about making video, what's one tip you would just give the audience about making better video? The number one tip I would have is always, always, always put the audience first. Your job is to make the content that they want to see. Secondary point to that is that production values, in my opinion, are rarely important or at least not as important as many people think they are. So spend more time thinking about what is going to make your audience's life better in some way or another and less time worrying about, you know, cameras and lenses and, you know, color grades, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love that advice. Great advice, especially for our audience that I think content rules, everything else is it, you obviously don't want it to be garbage, but you yep. you, know, you can get better later. Right? Audio matters a lot. I think video, not so much. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so Finn, you, you've worked with a lot of channels. You've got lots of kind of brand experience. And I want to have this conversation about working particularly with YouTube and brands, because I think there's a lot of maybe misunderstanding about what a role of YouTube can play for brands. So from your yeah. high, kind of high level perspective, what role should YouTube play if you're a brand trying to, you know, grow your business? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any one answer to that, but that is the exact question that you should be asking yourself, which is you see a lot of these companies that have a YouTube channel and what it looks like is just a collection of videos. Like basically this is the discard pile 
you know, like, oh, we made this video for a webinar. Why not put it on our YouTube channel? Maybe someone will watch it. That is what I see when I look a lot of look at a lot of company YouTube channels. And, you know, you might think something is better than nothing, but I don't actually know if that's true because putting out a disorganized slapdash YouTube channel, I think is brand negative. You know, you look at that, does that make you think more or less highly of the brand? So in my opinion, you know, you want to, if you're going to do it at all, I think you should do it right. And there's a couple different ways that I think it can help a company grow, sort of depending on what type of company you are. If you are a B2C company, I mean, YouTube has 2 billion users on it, right? It is the second largest search engine after google.com. It's actually a lot easier to rank on YouTube than it is on Google. So if you're a B2C company, it's 2 billion people out there ready to hear from you. And I would say that YouTube is far less competitive for businesses than other social media platforms. So that's opportunity number one. If you are a B2B company, I think the opportunity is potentially even greater because think about this. So I get recognized all the time, like at the grocery store and just people stop me on the street and say hi to me and yell my name and want to take a picture and stuff, which is crazy to me because, you know, in my mind, I'm just a guy that makes videos in the room that you're looking at right now in my house. But YouTube, like people form this like really deep connection with you on YouTube. They feel like they already know you. They feel like you're friends with them. Like I, I'm sure this is true for all of us. We've watched people on YouTube for years and like you feel like you know that person, right? And so if they reached out to you and asked for you for a favor, you'd be like, yeah, of course. I love your videos. Happy to help, right? Now, imagine you had that experience going into meetings or getting on calls or something like that where the person sitting across from you rather than this being the first time they've ever met you, if they feel like they've known you for years and they know your story and they've seen you do something silly or entertaining or heard you tell some sort of like, you know, some sort of powerful story about how you got to where you are and why you do it, like, what do you think would that do? What do you think that would do for your ability to close those deals? So to me, you know, those are sort of the two broad ways that it could help your company. Yeah, so I've I've got two questions, and the first one that uh, comes from this is you you talked about that detriment of like it becoming the dumping ground, right? And I I've definitely seen that brands are just like we've got a video, we don't know what to do with it, let's put it on YouTube. Um, if if let's say I was working for a company and they're they're at that state, and I come in and, and I'm gonna try to help raise that, is yep. it better just to leave that content, or do you do you think it's better just like flush it out, start new? even if you're maybe losing some of the the metrics and analytics that you have. What are you really losing? Yeah. Four views a month? <laughs> I don't think you're losing anything. Perfect. So I, I, I would, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any benefit to the world of making a poorer signal to noise ratio of your content. I don't see that how that helps you at all. I love it. So the other question I have is oftentimes what I see with corporations particularly is they're very afraid of personality. Like yep. the the brand personality comes across as we need to be the brand and the brand is very, maybe it's very uh, staid or, you know, it's very flat and it's not that it's ba a bad yep. brand. It's just, that's what brands are often because yep. they're trying to appeal to a mass audience. So what role does personality do you think play in a corporate YouTube channel? Uh, I think it plays a huge role. Um, there's a, a, what you have to understand is that regardless of what your business is, like you could sell gravel, you know, you could sell, you know, B2B accounting software. It doesn't matter what it is. Regardless of what your business is, you are competing 
at every moment of every day with everyone in the world who makes content for the resource of attention, right? Mm-hmm. So like when people, even when people are at work, you know, it's like there's a lot of time people maybe aren't working so hard at work, <laughs> you know, and so they're looking at TikTok or YouTube or whatever else it is and maybe, you know, kind of goofing off a little bit. And so uh, you are competing with Mr. Beast at every moment. You're competing with, you know, whoever else you're competing with ESPN, like all the other things that your audience could be paying attention to. And I understand why people are afraid to have personality, but you got to ask yourself at any given moment, why should someone pay attention to this piece of content that I'm putting out when they could be paying attention to Mr. Beast or, you know, whatever ESPN or whatever else it is. And so to get back to the question of personality, I think it's really, it's going to be a real challenge for these companies that sort of put on what I'll call their brand handcuffs, which is the set of beliefs in which they have convinced themselves that it's not okay to have personality and it's not okay to put out content that people actually enjoy watching. And my question would be, what is the actual downside of that? What do you believe is going to happen if you put out a piece of content with some personality? What do you think is actually going to happen? Let's, let's look at the downside versus the upside of that. The downside is that you put something out and you get some negative comments and, you know, probably it doesn't even matter because for the most part, people that comment, you know, that leave negative comments, like I think generally speaking are just unhappy people that were never going to support you in the first place. But let's say you realize that you really made a mistake and that people are really unhappy with this. Well, then you just delete the piece of content and it goes away because unless you're you know, already a really successful creator. Nobody really cares that much. So you put this thing out, people didn't like it, you delete it, and then everyone's going to forget about it. So that's the downside. The potential, I mean, obviously, like there is a way that you can really, really, really step in it, but that's, it's very, very, very rare. Um, And the potential upside is that this video goes viral and gets millions of views and it changes the potential, you know, changes the trajectory of your company forever. So to me, if you look at sort of the, you know, the risk profile here, there's like very asymmetric upside versus downside. And you're never going to capture that upside if you, you know, it's like anything else in life. It's risk reward. You got to take some risks if you want to win. You know, if you want to keep putting out videos that are kind of boring and safe and get 75 views, you can keep doing that. But I don't think that's how you win in business. So. Let's let's dive into this a little bit deeper about personality because I think I, I agree with what you're saying, right? The 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 kind of the balance of rewards versus yeah. risk is is greatly exaggerated towards the benefit, yeah. right? So if if you were consulting with someone, and I'm not asking to give away all your your great tips or whatever, but in terms of I will starting, give you all my secrets. Perfect. In in terms of developing that personality, because I I do yeah. think obviously brands are going to put on some level of handcuff to to some degree yeah. because they have standards of things that yeah you need you know, to. Yeah, you have to for cons- even if it's just for consistency. So, what- well, but but again, you have to ask yourself why is there inherent value in consistency? Good question. I why is there is? So so okay. Well, let's let's run with these as assumptions because that's that's something as like as a creator, I think about like is what level of consistency is important. Yeah. Like you know, I do a, a podcast. It's got the same format. We start with the same way. Yeah. Maybe that's the wrong thing. Maybe I should be throwing right, more exactly. darts. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Now, I I do think in general, so to be specific about consistency, I do think that once you have something that's working, generally speaking, you should stick with it. But until then, you don't actually know what's working. And so like, I think there's just a lot of 
uh, a lot of unstated assumptions with the way people think about content that are holding them back. For example, the idea that you have to be consistent um, to the level of like, oh, well, our, our logo is always green. We can't make the logo red on this thumbnail because, you know, our brand color is green. Yeah, but does anybody really care? Right. Right. I mean, take even a brand like Coca-Cola. If Coca-Cola made the logo green somewhere, I mean, what's going to happen? Like the world is not going to stop turning. It's not, it's not going to hurt their business. You know, probably actually get attention. people would say, right. Why is Coke green? Right. Right. So my, my point being here is that there's a lot of, a lot of the ways that people, a, a lot of the reasons why brands struggle with YouTube or content in general is because they have put on the handcuffs of, you know, consistency and brand voice and things like that. Um, which come from, I don't know where that comes from, another world, I guess, where maybe those things were important. But now the only thing that's important is connecting with your audience. And, and maybe that means if your brand guidelines are so rigid that they prevent you from creating content that people respond to, well, then maybe you need to change your brand guidelines, right? Because the whole premise here is that, you're, that you've established guidelines that, have that will make you successful in business. But if those guidelines are no longer making you successful in business, then they're the wrong guidelines, right? It's like, imagine a football team being like, well, we always run the ball on the third down. And they're like, well, yeah, but maybe you should pass. No, no, no. We always run. We always run it on the third down. <laughs> right. You, you should you, run the play that is going to get you, get you to the, you know, to the end zone. You know, and I, I hate to be too self-referential to some of your work that I, I mentioned to you at the beginning, before we started recording that I watched your video about the ni 1991 and what a great year that was for music. Yeah. And I, I think about, there's something that you said that's kind of connecting here is you talked about with Nirvana in particularly that, you know, all of a sudden we went from this very pop polish MC hammer pants, you know, Janet Jackson, uh, yeah. Paul Abdul dancing with a mouse kind of thing. Yeah. Right. To yeah. guys yeah. that look, yeah. Guys that look like they came out of a dive, you know, the dive bar and right. it, and how that has changed everything. And, had right. had Nirvana maybe stuck with the 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 kind of brand look of what a rock star is, right? Would it have worked? So right, right. So I so I I just I, I love what you're saying though because I think it's like consistency is good for when it's good, but don't yeah. be handcuffed by it because yeah, it will constrain you and maybe you won't make the next leap to the next exactly. thing. And, it's, and at the end of the day, you know users, consumers, viewers, they don't care about your brand guidelines. They only care about, do I want to watch this video? Right. And so, uh, I understand that, especially for larger companies, like y there is a need for some process that is going to make things a little bit less efficient. And I, I get that, but it's necessary when you have a large company, you can't have 75 versions of the logo floating around and all that stuff. I, I get that. I've worked at, you know, big fortune 500 companies and stuff like that. Uh, however, I think the balance is swung so far at most companies in, in the direction of being inflexible that that is sort of the root cause. They won't try new things because they've convinced themselves that they're not allowed to. But who is telling you that you're not allowed to? Right? Yeah, absolutely. So and I think there's two, and to, to be specific about the consistency thing, I think there's two sides of this coin and it depends where you are. If you are already consistent I'm sorry, if you're already successful with your content, then yes, be consistent. If you find something that works, stick with it. There is a need for some experimentation, but by and large, if you have success, triple down on that thing and do not deviate from it. 
But if you have not yet found success, you need to take big swings until you do find the thing that works. And I think that's the part where most, I mean, there's very few companies that do YouTube very well. And I think it's like the, the root of it is that are not willing to take those big swings. So if I, if I was a new creator and particularly working for a brand, no, no presence, not worried about this baggage, I'm willing to take some big swings. What advice would you give to that person as they, they're, they're out there starting, like YouTube is like one of these things. There's so many things that like, there's so much advice coming from so many different locations. It's like, oh my gosh, where do I even start besides just make something? But like, what, what, what would you tell that person? They're like, man, I'm struggling here, Finn. Help me out. Well, first of all, everybody struggles in the beginning. It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. So don't beat yourself up. And if you are in a place where you're like, I'm just making stuff, I'm just throwing it a wall and see what sticks. I actually don't think that's bad. Like that's like, that's what, to a large extent, that's what you should do. I mean, I made hundreds of videos for like almost a year before I got anything that sticks. And I think pretty much every creator does. So I think it's an inevitable part of the process of just feeling like overwhelmed and I have no idea what I'm doing and nothing is working and I have no clue if this is ever going to work. Like that is part of the process. It is not fun, but you know, hang in there. Um, the, the second thing is that's sort of like, I, I think in a lot of ways, the hardest part of this is just having like the mental fortitude of like showing up to practice every day and getting smashed and then showing up and practice again anyway, the next day. That's, that's tough, but it's part of the process. The second thing is you have to, like I mentioned earlier, you have to just like really ruthlessly force yourself to put the audience first. Like never, ever, ever make a video until or any piece of content until you have answered the question of like, how is this going to make my audience's life better in some way? That could be entertaining them, it could be educating them, or it could be inspiring them. Ideally, you would do all three, but it's pretty rare for people to hit all of those three. If you if you can even do one of them reasonably well, then I think you're going to succeed. So, uh, you know, what you see from a lot of companies is their content. I don't think they've answered that question because it's very self-promotional. It's like, oh, here, we're announcing this new feature that we just rolled out. Cool. But for most companies, is anybody really waiting on the edge of their seat for your new feature announcement? You know, like. Yeah, if, if you're like Figma or Notion or one of these companies that has just incredibly tight product market fit and your users are absolutely rabid for what you do, maybe it'll work. But even then, uh, Figma does pretty well with their product announcements. But even then, a lot of these companies, if it's just look at AWS, for example, um, their YouTube videos get literally like 400 views. Okay. And this is AWS. What did they make? Like, I don't remember off the top of my head, but something like, you know, $10 billion in profit last quarter, right? Just like the most astronomically profitable company in the world or one of them. And nobody cares, right? Like your brand name, people on YouTube don't care how big of a company you are. They don't care about your brand. What they care about is, am I going to click on this video because it's going to make my life better? And so if they're just like, you know, announcing Redshift blah, 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 some new feature to this database, why would anyone watch that? You know, And so there's a way, but if you do want to talk about this new feature release, there's a way to do that. You just have to spin. What, what you do is start with what, what, what business objective am I, am I trying to achieve? And how do I wrap that in something that is engaging to the audience? So if you have a new database feature, well, how do you wrap that in a title that people would care about? It's like, so, you know, tired of 
you know, blah, 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 T- tired of whatever, insert painful thing, we can help, right? And so now someone might look, click on that because an, an engineer is like, oh my God, I've spent 20 hours in the mat last month wrestling with this irritating thing with our current database solution and it is destroying my life. I would give anything to make this pain go away. Well, now maybe they'll click on that video, right? So it's like, how do you wrap the thing that you want to say in the context of something that is relevant to your audience? That's basically the central challenge to YouTube. Yeah. Wow. That is that is uh, well worth the time being able to spend with you to get that advice because I I, I, I love that. So. Be relevant. Be helpful. I mean, inspiring if you can. Fun, humor and entertainment. I think probably yeah. for a lot of brands is hard. Um, you don't need, don't like, don't be allergic to having fun and to making content. It's like companies are, they're allergic to making content that is actually enjoyable to watch. And it's bizarre. Like for 99% of companies, there's nobody's going to be offended if you're having a little fun. You know, if, if you're okay, if you are like a funeral home or something, you need to be a little bit more delicate, but for 99% of companies, there is no reason why you need to be afraid of having fun. Yeah, your funeral home example reminds me of a, a post that was like, it was a billboard, you know, continued text and driving. It was sponsored by a, a funeral, home, <laughs> right? Like, but even, so even there, there's, there's room that, for that. Even that, we put the fun on funeral. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, ma- man, Finn, this is, this is awesome. I guess kind of the, to get, kind of we're going to get into our our, our uh, speed round questions here in just a second yeah. but kind of to wrap this idea up we've got these corporate youtube creators who you know we've given them the kind of purpose to get started right we're taking the big swings we're trying some things we're having some fun when when all comes said and done and as you've worked in these big companies you probably wear metrics matter yeah. right people want to know that we're getting value for what we're investing in so for you what are the metrics that matter most i know there's a ton of them might be different by cir- kind of circumstance, but like, what's what's the ones that you're looking at right now and saying like, hey, this is how I know I'm being successful? Views, that's it. That's your North Star. And the reason why, a lot of people seem to have resistance to this too, because, you know, and bring this up, they're like, well, we don't really care about views on YouTube because, you know, we're just focusing on reaching the right people or we, you know, we're trying to conversions and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing is everything is downstream of views. That is the top of the funnel. And that is how you, to answer your question, that is how you know whether you're being successful on YouTube is if you're getting views. Obviously, you know, there are secondary, uh, secondary uh, metrics that matter as well. Like you want to know, are people, you know, uh, signing up for our product or, you know, contacting us, are they becoming leads or whatever that stuff matters too. But views are the thing that will unlock all of that. So that is what I would optimize for first and foremost. Awesome. Great answer. And, and one that I know I've struggled with, right? Like, views versus engagement versus all those other things. But yep. you're right. Everything flows from, if someone doesn't see it, nothing else happens. Nothing else matters. Awesome. All right, Finn, we're going to go into our speed round questions. So these are quick, meant to be kind of quick, fun, a little bit more fun questions and answers. And we'll play a little stinger here and then we'll dive right in. Perfect. All right, we're going to bring up our dice cam. So we got our dice set up here. I got 12-sided die. It's going to determine one, uh, whichever questions we're going to ask here. So Roll the 1d12. That's right, 1d12. You've been a barbarian before. (laughs) That's right. I'm great. More of a rogue, but but yes. Yeah, well, you know, we could have done 2d6s, but then we'd have to change the scheduling here and numbers. Okay, so the the first question here is number 10. 
you've obviously done a lot of things, but if you had to move away from what you're doing now with your career, where, what, like you get choose anything in the world you do, what would you do? Uh, my, the, the thing that makes me happy in life is helping other people solve problems that are holding them back from their own goals. So, uh, I'd have to think about the best way of doing that, but that's what I want to do. I like to help people. I want them to come and say, Hey, after we talked about that thing, that's been driving me crazy for months and months and months. Uh, now like my problem is solved. Thank you. That's what makes me happy. Perfect. All right. Let's go to our next die roll here. Number eight. Okay. So number eight, uh, I mean, I, I've watched some of your, your, your videos. You do a lot with music. You do a lot, uh, a lot, you're kind of covering a broad spectrum of things, your, your YouTube channel reviews, things like that. But where do you turn for inspiration when you're looking to say like, Hey, I want to take some, go back to the big swings, right? Like where are you looking to get inspired by? Uh, you know, at the end of the day, my job is to provide for our family. So that's what inspires me is, uh, you know, I got a wife and a kid to support and, uh, you know, views and comments and all that stuff is all cool. But at the end of the day, if I'm providing for them, then I'm happy. And that's what keeps me going every day. Yeah. Awesome. As, as a, a, a dad of four, I feel that man. <laughs> I don't know how I, it, it works. They eat. I, it's good. Yeah. Uh, let's go one more. <laughs> Not kidding. Not kidding. Okay. One more here. Number 11. Okay. This is a little bit more fun one. If you had to pick an image that represents you, what would it be? Could be an image of anything. A sleepy senior golden retriever because golden retrievers are nice. I just want to just want to be left alone. They just want to go take a nap in the sun and maybe get a couple pets here and there. They don't ask for much. That's me. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, hopefully you'll you'll get to to live out that fantasy at some point. That image comes to become a reality. Um, well, Finn, this has been just awesome. Thank you for your great advice and and wisdom that you've shared with us. If people want to learn more from you, they want to connect with you. Maybe they want to uh, get a channel review from you. Where should they turn? Uh, you can go to finnmckenty.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, always happy to chat with anyone about anything. So yeah, hit me up. Perfect. And we'll make sure the links are in all this, the places where you can actually click on links or copy and paste those links. Um, last question we always ask people, Finn, is kind of that uh, high-level summary. So, Finn, what is your final take? My final take is you got to do what you got to give the people what they want. That's the question you should be asking yourself all the time is what content should I make? Who should I make it for and why? And then be very honest with yourself about whether you did a good job of it or not. And I believe more than anything else, views are the way to judge that. If you're getting views on YouTube, you are winning. If you're not getting views on YouTube, then I think you got a little bit of work to do. Great advice. Finn, thank you again for joining me in the Visual Lounge. All right, everybody, that was Finn. I mean, what great practical advice. If you are thinking about starting your own YouTube channel for yourself or you're working on it for your business, and I do recommend you have a YouTube channel for your business, this is such great wisdom. Take some big swings, figure out what your audience needs, what's going to resonate with them, and then worry about consistency. And I know, look, I've got some things to experiment with. I want to try. We want to do here on the Visual Lounge. But, you know, it's guests like Finn that get me inspired to do this work. And I'm so grateful for that wisdom because what that's going to allow you and hopefully me to do is like really think about like, how do we use the medium of video to do the things that we want our company to do? 
And what, what do we want our customers to be able to do? And it's video is just such a great enabler. So I think part of that though is something that if you listen to a previous episode, the one that came out at the end of the year, that was super short. I think there's this idea, we gotta give ourselves time to try, time to experiment and be looking at the things that matter most as, as Finn said, like if you're not getting views, it doesn't matter. So all really great advice. I hope you'll take that. I hope you give yourself some time to set up your channel, to build your channel, to fix your channel, to refresh and do what you need to do. And, you know, give yourself the space to level up every single day. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.